welcome to Discursion Episode 3. I'm Stephen. And uh, I'm Dominic. And this week we're talking about Phantom Thread. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson's 2017 film. We should probably say we're not going to uh, even attempt to avoid spoilers, I don't think. No. So, uh, you know, listen away now if you haven't uh, already seen the film. But we should do some sort of plot introduction at least yeah sure do you want me to do that or go you ahead do that usually i mean i can do that and then you can correct me if i've um <laughs> i'll keep an eye out for any inaccuracies yeah okay so where are we mid 1950s london couture fashion culture and uh, reynolds woodcock is uh designing a dress for a countess hmm. so that that's over the course of the film but while designing dresses he also meets alma and they fall in love. We later learn that Reynolds has had a sort of series of loves and start to wonder that whether Alma might just be another another sort of disposable I mean, in fact, I think we know that at the, the very beginning. I'll step in it because I think one of the early people that we see is uh, another of his, of his, of his living lovers. And she's sort of complaining to Reynolds that... Um, he doesn't seem to have much interest in her yeah, anymore. So um, wrong footing the romance. Um, yeah, there are a number of films that um, I suppose have the theme of a womanising or at least a kind of serial, a man with not terribly profound serial relationships then finds that the woman who changes things or not. I mean, this film is extremely different, but actually Written on the Wind has has that kind of structure because... Yeah, Robert Stack's character just wants to kind of pick up uh, Lauren Bacall as kind of just another one in the series and then she she won't be that. So, yeah. Because at first things seem to be quite genuine and, and sincere mm. and there seems to be a genuine, yeah, attraction between the two characters. Mm. It's only later on that things really start to sour and the question is raised by Cyril, uh, Reynolds' uh, sister, um, you know, are we going to kick her out? <laughs> yes, we should mention the yeah. Obviously, yeah. Reynolds, Reynolds, Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis in what su- supposedly is going to be his final film uh, performance. Alma Vicky creeps. Who I've the only other thing I've seen her in is she has a tiny role. Have you seen? Have you seen Hannah? That um, Joe Wright kind of uh, what is it? Some sort of action thriller with. Um, Oh, is this the sort of survival thriller? Exactly. And there's the there's the the young girl, um, yeah, Sasha Ronan. Ronan is the yeah, yeah the young girl who's who's, yeah. who's been yes, yeah, so yes, I have seen it's it. Kind of kind of super spy thing. Yeah. Well, well, her her, her mother is Vicky Creeps, oh, but like I she's know, barely in it at all. Uh, and that's the only other thing I think I've seen her in. Mm. Um, and then Cyril Leslie Manville. I mean, would you say this film is? Seems to me that this is a film which really changes quite substantially on a on a second or a subsequent viewing from you know, as opposed to how it comes across in the first viewing, because so many things only become clear once the plot has entirely unfolded and the characters have done everything that they've done. And so, I mean, relating to these things you just said, exactly about how how vulnerable is is Alma or isn't she, and finding that she. She likes Reynolds more when he's vulnerable and needs her. Um, and so she deliberately poisons him with mushrooms so that he's ill and so she can nurse him back to 
back to health, which worked the first time, after which they get married. And then later on, when the marriage hasn't really, doesn't seem to have changed their relationship, he, uh, she does it again. But this time he, he cottons on to what's going on and so sort of enters into it, yes. you, you know, willingly. Which from, I mean, if I've read interviews or heard interviews with Paul Thomas Anderson, who apparently that, he says that seems, that was actually the kernel of the film. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he talked about being nursed when he was, he was poorly and his wife was kind of nursing him. I mean, she hadn't poisoned him with mushrooms or with anything else as far as I'm aware, <laughs> but that he got this sense that she's actually quite enjoying this. She's enjoying this sort of having this nurturing role, but also having this power over me. So that apparently was sort of where the narrative grew out of, but definitely the first time you see the film or I saw the film, that's not a place I was expecting it to go in any way. Um, yeah. So there, there are, um, games and rituals that you notice the second time mm. round, including mm. the sort of master-servant uh, dynamic. Mm. Um, you can make some comparisons maybe with uh, Joseph Losey's The Servant. There's a similar oh, yeah. switch of, in the power balance there right. in the second half. Right. More abrupt than in this film, perhaps, but, yeah. but both abrupt, um, where Dirk Bogard suddenly takes control, you know, having been the butler yes. character, yes. and the second half becomes uh, the master. Mm. Uh, so, And the, the, there are other um, rituals as well that you might not fully engage with the first time round, like mm. the superstition. Mm. Uh, there's, uh, the, mm. So Reynolds is a very superstitious um, character. Just to mention one of the details that you might not have noticed the first time round, when he's eating the asparagus, I'm pretty sure he throws salt over he's his shoulder, yes. which, if I'm not mistaken, is to ward off an evil presence, or it's some kind of good luck. I thought um, one was supposed to throw. Gesture, is it? I thought you were supposed to throw salt over your shoulder if you spill the salt, but we don't see him spill it, so I'm not sure if there are other. But clearly, it's some absolutely, it's some form of superstition. When this the film is kind of well, it's a broadly, I suppose, realistic drama, yeah. and yet that doesn't seem quite right because it hints at all sorts of other things, or it draws on. Mm. I mean, it's called Phantom Thread. There's lots of references to ghosts. I mean, there is one explicit scene where Reynolds kind of hallucinates his. Um, his mother's ghost. This kind of hovering threat and uncertainty, which is, I think, throughout the film, and I think I, I felt particularly strongly the first time round because one doesn't know where it's going. The the film of of, of PTAs that it seems closest to me, or closest to in general, but in, in this regard as well, is The Master. Yes. Which I felt a similar kind of constant threat, even though nothing... Nothing terrible happens and nothing, you know, nothing violent happens in this film either. But there's just, you don't know whether, I mean, in The Master, it's sort of perhaps more about whether I can finish a character will kind of explode. But st- I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it has the similar sort of cult of personality mm. that you find mm. in The Master mm. with that intense relationship between Joaquin Phoenix and mm. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Um, I'm also going to throw a spanner in the works and say it reminds me of Punch Drunk Love. Mm. in that Adam Sandler, um, you know, has these outbursts. Yes. Um, He is surrounded by his sisters who constantly um, tease him. Incidentally, Philip Seymour Hoffman is also in that film. Also has his outburst, (laughs) but is is out-outbursted by... Adam Sandler. Well, it's it's also like that in in that Emily Watson's character, and that seems to be the... the, uh... The straight man, as it were, to you know Adam Sandler's kind of kooky off the wall character, but in fact there are a number of hints that she's 
or and 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 and, and more explicit indications that she yeah that perhaps been un- underestimating her. I mean, there's a thing yeah. which um, I re- I really like this that um, Mark Camode pointed out in those series he just did for the BBC. Did you see any of the? I did he see did those. Yeah. The one on on the rom com. Yeah. And he, yeah. He pointed out that in fact there is a figure because you know whereas Adam Sandler's character is always in his blue sort of suit um, and Emily Watson's often in this red, in red isn't she and there's yes. a scene in the uh, in the in the supermarket early on when there's a red figure very much out, out of focus in the in the background who seems to be following Adam Sandra along the aisle so there's just mm-hmm. and there are, there I think there are explicit things in the dialogue later on that she's she's kind kind of pestering Adam Sandra's sisters to get to get introduced to him and yeah, depending on which characters you focus on, I think it changes quite a lot. Or yes, and there's a risk of un- underestimating the characters if, if if we assume that it's a film about a self-indulgent, powerful man. It is. It is another portrayal of a very <laughs> uh, creative and and powerful man, isn't it? But it but it does. It's what it does with that. Well, it's it's also well, it's also who, who are the who are the protagonists? Because I think I think the protagonist is is not even that okay it's not just Reynolds it's also Alma but it's Reynolds and Alma and Cyril yeah I think I would say I mean this is again something I've heard Paul Thomas Anderson say which is not necessarily yeah if the director says it that doesn't necessarily you know yeah um, oh, kind, really? kind of valid well apparently <laughs> so apparently it's possible to <laughs> disagree Questioning with the director um but he talks about this he talks about how well if you have a Daniel Day-Lewis film you can't not put his name in the most lights or highest on the but he talks about it really is it, it being about Alma and um and Cyril and that structure of threes is of course nice because you get I think you get through the film all the different combinations of two plus one in various ways often in quite subtle ways yeah all three of them yeah or every possible pair kind of gangs up against one of the other or or, or, or is on the same side yeah, against yeah. against one of the others at some point. And, and thinking about the arithmetic of the film and how that works aesthetically, they all get single shots, quite powerful mm. singles, um, mm. yeah. which gives them even weight, mm. um, at least in a, in a stylistic kind of sense. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so there's some wonderful um, shots of uh, Cyril sort of sat at her desk. Uh, yeah, if you if you watch the sort of camera outtakes as well, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson notes that they had a very garish wallpaper uh, behind Cyril's desk, which sort of drew attention away from Cyril, as well as not really being in keeping with her character. Mm. Uh, so instead they went for a sort of dark navy blue. So they, he has thought about how he's going to frame these characters as individuals yes um and even the more minor character i mean not obviously not every single one but some of the the, um uh alcoholic rich american woman who who has a dress made for her because there's a scene in which um after she's she's passed out at her own 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 wedding um but still wearing the dress and they're horrified at this and so go and you know tear the dress off her well not tear because of course (laughs) Uh, very much not tear the dress. No, extremely carefully remove the dress from her, but, uh, and they're horrified that uh, that um, well Alma has has a line about she can behave how, how she likes, but not while being dressed by the house, house of Woodcock. Um, there is a comedy in that in that sequence um, as a sort of a sort of extremity, which is kind of comic. But there's also in the context of a sort of 
earlier scenes where you've seen this woman obviously have quite a lot lot of self-loathing which is you know she thinks she's ugly and this is obviously connected to the alcohol and and there's a press conference with her husband where he claims that he's not marrying her for her money because he has plenty of his own which i i assume we're to take as as you know know, ironic yes (laughs) um so there's yeah there's a lot of this character who could could be a caricature is also given quite a lot of you know a certain degree of kind of tenderness and 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 some level of you know respect by the film i feel that's another um part of the kind of superstructure or just the the broader themes that the film deals with along with superstition Mm. um is the changing of changing of the times yes fashion culture yeah um towards the end of the film he's losing his will to live Mm. and it seems that in one of those two plus one scenarios alma and cyril are together um whereas and 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 you know reynolds has been left out in the cold and alongside that you have this coming of chic fashion Mm. um Mm. which um reynolds has to try to maybe he won't adapt to it but he has to try and compete in that market now yes um he doesn't want to have to i mean his 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 inability to to change or to deal with the unexpected um is is a very important thread that runs through all sorts of particular exactly (laughs) um but that's possibly a change that yeah the cat i think this is something which alma has little patience for right from the beginning whereas cyril possibly actually is sort of is occasion to have to change her attitude. Cyril explains that, you know, he needs things to be a certain way. And then later on, there's a crucial scene when Alma wants to surprise um, Reynolds with a with a dinner for the two of them. And Cyril says this won't work. And But Alma insists and then Cyril turns out to be entirely right. But then later on, you have scenes where Cyril is just as irritated with with Reynolds' indulgences. Um, as Alma was, but whether that's a case of um, through Alma's example, Cyril has come to not indulge her brother um, in the way she has, or whether the earlier scenes are in fact more her exerting her power over Alma. Mm. And in fact, she, you know, it, yeah, there's um, there's all there's almost nothing nothing in this film which simply works on one note on one way to make one point in as you know i feel there's always you know at least a couple of layers of of, of character or a couple of ways of, of approaching motivations but yeah so f- yeah so the food and appetite it doesn't simply you know doesn't do anything as crude as simply standing for sex or anything else but it obviously is 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 very much tied up with with that but it's also about creativity because because Reynolds is he's hungry when he's feeling fulfilled and, and creative. I mean he, he's literally hungry. He, he eats lots of food. I mean there there's there's another morning isn't there where he he tells the housekeeper to make a huge breakfast and I think that's after yes you know he and Alma have slept together for the first time and he feels that she's very much on his side because she's 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 been sort of fighting for his for his dresses as we mentioned before. And that's another point in which he he gets hungry, <laughs> and then at the very end end of the film, when he's 
you know he's been poisoned for the second time and isn't the last the last line in the film is oh, I'm getting hungry yeah um but we're led to believe I suppose that it's uh what's been set up is some kind of cycle isn't it it's not that they've now got so it's not happily ever after in the sense that they've now got their relationship into a state where it will um be unproblematic from now on it's that it's at that stage when the film ends but then it's presumably going to go south again and he'll yeah they've developed a routine to cope with his routines Mm. A counter routine. Yes, to, exactly. To break his... Yes, precisely. And to make him... I suppose so part of Randall's sort of vanity is precisely that he thinks he understands himself terribly well. And, and so in part of, in fact, what he loves in Alma is he comes to realise that she does actually understand him better than he does himself. He's, there's a there's a character in Agnes Varda's film, Happiness, that is all, that it, he's polyamorous and he's trying to convince his wife that... Uh, He's had an affair, but it's okay. He just couldn't help himself. <laughs> and throughout the film, we're shown that he literally can't help himself. He he takes things, including food. He'll just you know tear, tear off. Um, someone walking past with a piece of bread, and he'll just tear off, and he'll eat that. And and throughout this film, um, you know, uh, Reynolds is having to eat to kind of drive his creativity and also his his sort of just general um, lust, his kind of fullness. Um, mm. And so. Uh, you know, and the, and the language as well has a kind of nice materiality to it as well. When he's ordering um, porridge mm, and mm, sausage, and he dwells yes, on those words, yes, and yes. and so um, all of that. Yeah, all of that is very charged by the time we get to um, yeah the act of eating mm. um, the omelette. Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't want to sound abstract about it because it is a very s- simple thing. But he mm. his his the way he eats the omelette. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is very well done. It's some of yes. the finest omelette eating I've seen in cinema. Well, it's brilliantly done. Just with... like the lovely hallway shots, some of the finest hallway shots I've seen in. Yes, <laughs> yes. When of course, yes, and yeah, there's no no cinematographer credited because Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, there's a he has a lighting camera, lighting right? cameraman credited and collaborated uh, with and yeah. cam- camera operators, but he did lots of the cinematography himself. Michael um, Bauman, who also worked on. Radiohead's daydreaming uh, music yeah. video and the master as chief right. lighting technician, which links with Johnny Greenwood's score, which we haven't mentioned. Yeah, there's lots of music. A lot. I mean, and yeah, I mean, there's a certain sense in which this is a. Um, is this an old-fashioned film? In some ways, not. But in 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 other ways, um, aesthetically, it it tries to be. They they used vintage lenses and they used a special processing for the film which mean it means the grain is kind of emphasized and that gives yeah. it a lovely kind of 50s um, feel but, but the colors don't look like a 50s film though i mean the stock is very different the the colors are interesting because there's a play with light there so you have the coldness of the light in the house of woodcock contrasted mm. constantly with the warm recuperation yes. scenes yes and so there's the austerity versus the kind of mm. warmth and that kind of family um feel i'm not sure i go far as to say family feel but you know what i mean yeah um so it's more about light than i think yeah it is it is it is color um although there are some choice colors for the dresses and yes so would you say yeah. some connection to sort of i don't know Powell and pressburger or something is this is that is that a... i don't know because with Powell and pressburger that if you're thinking about color thinking about saturated color. yeah i didn't really mean the color i, I just oh. meant the the in terms of you know if it feels like it's because I, I definitely don't feel it's 
it's um it's not it's not a pastiche of any particular sort of older form of filmmaking which I know. I mean, I think um I don't think it could have been made at any time except in the last however many years. No. But it is also clearly there's something at least superficially sort sort of classical about it. But it feels it feels like it's aged. Hmm. I mean, the film has literally been processed for longer than it hmm. normally is. It reminds me more of the master in the way in which it's not referencing really um, earlier cinema. It's just trying to capture a period without doing hmm. it in the kind of televisual. Yeah, pristine history. It does have these echoes. Away. I mean, other things we mentioned, sort of ghost stories. Other thing. I mean, there's also the sort of, you know, Rebecca kind of structure. I think that's that's, yeah, flo- the yeah. level of narrative floating around in there somewhere. I mean, it makes things very rich, but again, the risk would just be that uh, you come out going, well, that was interesting, but I'd rather go and watch Rebecca, or you know, <laughs> that just it's yeah. it's a it's a risky thing to invite invite you know comparison. Yeah, but this manages to be. I think for me, it's because it manages to be its own thing. It manages to, uh, appropriately, the food themes. It's digested its its, yeah. its ingredients. Yeah, gothic gastronomy, <laughs> <laughs> or at least at least digested I'm using too them. many big yeah. words this episode. No, I like it. I like it. The the dresses. I mean, I know I know nothing about <laughs> about fashion or dressmaking, and certainly not in the fifties. But we're not at any point. But they seem to me to have struck the, the balance is really interesting because the, the the dresses are quite attractive, but they're also old fashioned and they don't look terribly comfortable. I don't think they're they're elegant, but I mean, in fact, there's even a shot sort of, sort of very early in the film in, in in the first dress fitting which you see in which you see the woman's back being kind of pulled in yeah. by them closing the sort of corset. I wonder if stiffness. Yeah, defines yes. the aesthetic of the film, but it just seems that even yeah. So in the actual actual costume design, it seems really interestingly poised because it would be easy to for the film to either come down on Reynolds' side as an example of you know a more elegant, a more skillful, a, 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 a form of craft which is dying, or to place him more clearly as someone who is a kind of a dinosaur who can't realise that, that his time has gone. Um, but in terms of, and I mean, in a sense, I suppose, kind of personally that's true, but in, in terms of the actual art that he makes, it's yeah, the actual dresses you see in the film, they seem to sort of do both. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, I think is, is quite an achievement. Yeah. Uh, it was the only Oscar that... The film was nominated for, I think, six or seven Oscars, but this the only one it won was for costume design, not, not Bridges. Sad, sad. I mean, very well deserved, but sadly predictable. Sure. You know, you make a film about a costume designer, and then it gets, yeah. you know, it's critically well received. Or, or you, you just can't. you make a historical drama, sorry, yes. <laughs> and it gets it gets given costume design. Yeah, and when it's precisely not, it's like a, it's not that kind of historical drama. No, you know. No, I mean, that's another thing that it does, yeah, in terms of the history, there are these sort of, because Alma is, we're not quite sure where she's from. She could be German, she could be Dutch, she could be, and not that she's sort of Middle European. And there are things about that, but again, they're, but they're underplayed. She doesn't say much about her parents. She's asked about her mother and she doesn't say much about her. But then there's reference to... Um, the husband of the American heiress having um, 
sold passports to Jews. Mm. Um, so really interesting. Detail. So there's a there's a yeah there's something in there and is Alma possibly Jewish? We I mean it's um, it's not ruled out. Mm-hmm. And then later there's there's some sort of fairly casual. I mean it it is it's not not anti-Semitic or not. I don't think it's coded as such, but um, another friend of uh, friend of Reynolds, who's I'm not exactly sure what she is, but she's some sort of aristocrat. But she just just makes generally sort sort of xenophobic remarks about yeah about um is she about, what is she doing? Is she attacking people or stealing things? Yes, exactly. That's the assertion <laughs> yeah. Alma is you know what do they and 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 when when uh, Reynolds and Alma have their big fight after Alma has. You know, you know, surprised him with a romantic dinner, which he describes as an ambush. Um, he tells her to you know, fuck off back to where she's comes from or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if that's if that's um, Paul Thomas Anderson maybe responding to some more recent political events. You know, uh, anti-immigration, those kinds mm. of sentiments you see in American and UK mm. politics. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, or maybe, just, maybe not. And just his place in the. Fi- I- one could, one could, I suppose, make a case and say, okay, so it's not, it's a film that, that, that doesn't really care about politics, but kind of puts in a little bit of lip service to pretend that it does. Little hints. But I feel that would be unfair as a charge, but I'm not quite sure how I... No, how I, I know. I just wonder if it's sort of seeped into the kind of pause of the film. And mm, that that's but how, how would you... Def- if, if someone said, if someone made that kind of a- a- accusation, how would... How would you defend the film well i suppose one argument would be that these if you want to go down that road that these political sentiments are often um are hidden away and they are sort of Mm. under the surface Mm. and that beneath this kind of straight list you know um pseudo aristocratic world there are Mm. deep channels Mm -hmm. of (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes racism and xenophobia that do surface occasionally but are not 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 present all the time why Mm. well because um they want to maintain some kind of civility in conversation Mm. which is a Mm. hypocritical thing so it's dwelling on the hypocrisy of that that, yes it would misrepresent the way these things just run underneath as undercurrents and it would be a shame to have to argue that any politics in the film has to always be uh unambiguous and in your face and and and, and insist insisted upon because then that would seem to imply that you can only have either films whose whole purpose is to be political or films which are not political in, in any sense at all which mm. would not be a very satisfactory solution i don't think <laughs> no but i'm not sure it is a very point making finger wagging film the film is patterned with these confrontations that occur within this very tightly kind of regimented mm. um, lifestyle, mm. which repeats and repeats yes. and repeats. Yes. Um, the and the character that kind of pulls it forward and that 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 introduces changes Alma, mm. and to some extent yeah. Reynolds yeah. responds to. Well, the she's, but she's an outside. She's an outside figure. You know, she's a yes. disruption to the. In also, well, as you said, she's the one from to, to the routine, not from England, but she's also yes, and she's. Yeah, she's explicitly the sort of foreign element that's come into the into the house, like like um, like Joan Fontaine in in, um, in in Rebecca. Yeah. They haven't really talked about the script particularly, but there's yeah, there are there are a number of nice moments where the script is kind of somewhat flat. It, it's it's not 
I think you know, I think it's an excellent script, but it's it, it's not a script with a capital script no. that that asks you to uh, to admire its its cleverness. And they're often, particularly when they're fights, and there's I think it's a particularly nice example when they have the when Alran Reynolds have the fight after she she's cooked him dinner, and 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 she's kind of trying to do a rhetorical kind of raising of the of the temperature and end, ends up just kind of going because she you know I <laughs> yeah. can't think of anything more to say which is um, yeah it's quite a Spartan which script. is very persuasive I think that, that yeah there's quite a lot of times where characters characters have situations where you feel the character would want to say something which would be a great line if their life was a film and the film just holds back f- from giving them it gives them a good line but it's it very much also relies on the delivery rather than rather than kind of giving them a uh, an excellently crafted kind of you know, literary line that'll go in the book of great film lines. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, well, there's a lot of swallowed lines. Mm. In other words, mm. uh, there is a literal mm. holding back on the part of the characters in the mm. film as well. Mm. So uh, mm. there is a moment mm. where Cyril is pondering whether or not to announce the wedding invitation. Yes, uh, of, of Barbara, uh, which she knows will irritate Reynolds yes. uh, no end. And there's also just, I suppose, there's a, you call them quite cute, I suppose, exchanges between Reynolds and Alma when they first meet. And, yes, and there's a there's a kind of movement of the lips and then no yeah. words, yeah, and, yeah. and instead just no, this exactly, sort of, exactly, um, staring contest. I mean, there are there are some very good lines. I do like the uh, you know when Reynolds is irritated by Alma having brought in tea and he says something like. You know, and then after to take it out, which she does, and he's like, you know, the tea is leaving, but the the interruption is staying right here with me. Um, you know, yes. <laughs> there are some, there are there it's are very some, quotable. Yes, it is quotable, but again, I, I think, it, yeah, it just it judges it nicely that it holds back from it doesn't go for. I can imagine a, an alternate universe world of this film, which was went for a more pervasive quotability, and I think this this that holds back from that in the writing, which I think is very effective. I don't think there's been a great deal of writing on the film. I suppose it, it, it's quite recent, but I know it's uh, yeah um, been well received. So I would be interested to see how the critical reaction to it develops. Yeah, I was I was looking around today for articles, doing a bit of research, and there is yes, yeah, it's surprising actually, um, a kind of scant amount mm. of even. And I was trying to look in trade journals, you know, now as well. There's there's no American cinematographer article right. like there was for the master, right? Um, which which um, talked a lot about the kind of large formats and the lenses in mm. in great detail. Mm. The film's craft is clearly on display, I think, and deserves discussion, as well as, yes, you know, some yes, of those yes. um, broader themes. Well, maybe people are taking time to absorb it, and with luck, those things will emerge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, shall we yeah. <laughs> bring things to a close? Please like and subscribe to Discursion Podcast. We are on Podbean and also iTunes. Thank you.